God. He is alive. In him we live and we survive. Y'all believe that this morning? The great God of heaven who woke you up this morning kept you through last night's slumber, allowed you to rise up out of your beds in your right mind. Uh, amen, somebody. Some folk woke up and weren't in their right mind. Uh, just as crazy today as they were yesterday. Uh, help me, somebody. Uh, and yet he saw fit to touch you with the finger of his love, rise you up out of your beds, and put it in your mind and in your heart to want to worship him today in spirit and in truth. But not only that, to worship him every day, to give him all glory and honor, for our God is alive. Am I right about it? In him we live and we survive. Man, I, uh, people talk about survival of the fittest. Man, you, you ought to be survival of the faithful. Amen, somebody. I'll come up with something more creative later, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Give the preacher some time. He'll work on it, but it's good to be here. Uh, got up this morning and uh, said, oh, I got to preach this morning at 8 o'clock, and uh, God woke me up and got me here, and we got ourselves together to be here. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Good to see all of you in the house this morning. We're thankful to all those who are coming, come here this morning. You're visiting with us this morning. We want you to know you're our honored guest. You are in the house of God among the people of God, preaching the word of God. Is that all right? If you came here for something else, well, uh, just sit tight anyway. Maybe you'll find it worth your while to have come and to have heard uh, that redeeming word which is able to save our souls. Good to have you here. Our hearts are heavy this morning. We want to continue to pray for the Bethea family. Uh, some of you who might not have heard uh, we lost uh, Sister Coleman ye early yesterday morning, uh, Brother Bethea's mother, and uh, haven't had a chance to talk to Brother Bethea yet. We've been texting, but uh, he's doing okay. Family is holding up. We want to keep them uh, all uh, in our prayers. Amen. So if I move a little slow this morning, you'll, you'll forgive me. Is that all right? Yes, indeed. Uh, this life comes at you fast. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. Life comes at you fast. But what we ought to remember is that God knows this. And he gives us opportunities each and every day, even without us even realizing it. Every day that he wakes you up in the morning, it's another day for you to get it right. Because you know you did something wrong the right night before. Uh, am I right about it? Am I the only one that messed up yesterday and, 
And this morning, God woke me up and and he gave me another day. I, I can actually exhale. Uh, amen, somebody. Uh, you, you know, if you hold your breath real, real long, y'all don't mind me coming out here for just a minute. Uh, uh, you, you, you ever hold your breath real, real long? You know how the kids do? Oh. And when they finally let that air out, how everything that's all tense up and in your body just relaxes. When God is working on you. When you can wake up to see another day, when you are recovering from all the stuff and all the mess, isn't it good to be able to exhale, knowing that there's a God who is helping to ease your burdens? Am I, am, am I talking to anybody this morning? Y'all gonna just talk to me. I'm so thankful that I got a God that will lift my burdens up off me. Uh, that will take my pain away, that will take my suffering away, that will help me to understand that there's a release from all of the pressure that the world puts on you and that we put on ourselves. Uh, amen, somebody. Some of our burdens we put on ourselves. But God is still able. And there's a world out there, a whole lot of hurting folk that don't know that. They need the kind of justification that only Jesus can give them. Is that all right? And I want to talk about that for just a few minutes this morning. Justified by faith. Does that, that sound all right? Uh, justified by faith. We're over in our text in Romans chapter 5. I'm not going to get to all of this, but we, we're going we're gonna to deal with it as much as we can. I might, I might get past verse 1. Is that all right? But let's just read the whole thing. Let's just read the whole thing. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And Paul says there, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when someone falls asleep in the Lord, sometimes it's good, even in the midst of our sorrow, to remember what God has done for us. So that when uh, you close your eyes for what may be the last time, you can rejoice in what Jesus has done for you and to you. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access. Isn't that wonderful? Access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory, look at this, y'all, in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh or produces patience. Y'all believe that? Yeah, all the mess and all the stuff and all the pressure, that is God letting you know that even when you feel the weight pulling you down, I'm still lifting you up. Amen, somebody. And he says, and patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet 
without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I want us to examine, well, I say these passages, but this passage from the Apostle Paul here in Romans, the fifth chapter. And he says again in verse 1, Therefore, we are being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we need to realize how important this justification is. See, this was, this was not something that we achieved through our own merit. It was not achieved by our own works. It was not achieved through our own accomplishments. In Romans 3 and 10, Paul reminds us there, it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. We need to understand this morning how important Christ's death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, this gospel that we preach and our obedience, our continued obedience, amen somebody, in submitting ourselves to the Lord is connected to our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now Paul says again, therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this word justified is, is a declaration of righteousness. Uh, in its simplest sense, it means to put someone in a right relationship with another. Paul is saying we've been put right with God. Help me, somebody. Uh, Jesus Puts us right with God. See, we did you did you know you you and I weren't right with God? Amen. Now over there in Romans the third chapter, he 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 says something about us us being in sin, about us having a sin problem. Uh, am, am I right about it? In, in verse twenty three of Romans three, it says, "For all." Now that word "all" ought to mean something to somebody. He says, "For all have sinned and come short." Of the glory of God. We trying to reach him our own way. By our own means. By our own power. By our own opinions. By our own beliefs. But all of us come short because sin gets in the way. Amen, Amen somebody. Yeah. See. What Jesus has done. And Lord. Whew, I'm not preaching a eulogy. But you can take this to the grave. When you're justified by faith. He says we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How's that for exhaling? How's that for peace? Everlasting, eternal peace. Knowing that God has, through Jesus Christ, has redeemed you from your sin-cursed life back into a relationship with you. See, this justification was not accomplished by us, but through Christ. And this faith that he speaks of is our understanding that this justification was accomplished through Christ's sacrifice for us. See, Jesus is our mediator. 
Amen, somebody. Over there in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, the Bible tells us that for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And Jesus is also our redeemer. Over there in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20, he lets us see there that for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. As a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you and for me. See, that time, church, is now. That man is Jesus Christ, and you and I are the redeemed. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen, somebody. Now, now y'all remember, now y'all probably too old for this. See, all, everybody up here want to act like they're young. Some of you might remember those, those, those S&H green stamps. Somebody remembers. Hey, hey, help me, somebody. See, you could redeem those stamps if you had enough of them and make a purchase. Am I right, somebody? Uh, some of us remember uh, returning uh, those empty pop bottles. Y'all remember that, do you? Hey, you grab up all them bottles and carry them back in your little wagon back to the store and get yourself some money. You redeem them for some money. See, Christ has redeemed us. He's brought us with a price, and the price was his shed blood on the cross. And he's brought us out of the darkness of sin into a more perfect relationship with God. Help me, somebody. Now, now, now looking again at verse 1 of Romans 5, Paul starts his statement with the word, therefore. Now, we know then we, we need to look back at some preceding verses so we can understand what Paul is now declaring in chapter 5. Now, now in chapter 3, let's go back there. Paul describes the condition of both Jews and Gentiles in the eyes of God. Now, we're back in Romans chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. He says, what then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So he, he lets us know that nobody can escape it. We all got the same problem. We all got the same issue. And Jesus makes no distinction between Jew and Gentile. And then in verses 21 through 26, look what it says here. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Why? Verse 23, we back there again. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past 
through the forbearance of God. Man, look at what God, through Jesus Christ, has done for us. To declare our Savior, verse 26, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Paul, again, shows us his justification and the justifier in the person and propitiation of Jesus Christ our Lord. And in chapter 4, he shows us there an example of the kind of faith that brings about this justification. Start right there in chapter 4 at verse number 3. It says, For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, now drop down with me down to verse 18. There at verse 18 through 25, it says, Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but look at this, y'all. For us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again, for our justification. And so now, see, Christ makes the guilty innocent and the condemned free. Amen. See, he intercedes for us and he takes that sin that separates us from God out of the way. And so now he says, therefore, being justified by faith. And a better way to understand this might be to say, therefore, through faith, we are justified by Christ. I'm going to say that one more time. Therefore, being justified through faith, or therefore through faith, we are justified by Christ. See, we, this is why we can't beat our chest. This is why we can't stick our chests out and, and, and try to, you know how we put that, 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 that not the S, but we put the big C on our chest. We won't be super Christian. Flowing red cape. And we want to tout our Christianity. And we start pointing out all the heathen. He's a heathen. She's a heathen. He's a heathen. She's a heathen. He's a heathen. We forgot all about humility. We forgot all about humbleness. God looked down from heaven and saw our iniquities each and every one of us, and each and every one of them. Help me, somebody. Now, whatever sin you was in, that's the sin that you were in. Now, the, 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 the middle letter in the word sin is what? I, I amen, somebody. <laughs> and he said, all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. God looked down on you and I and said, you need a mediator. You need an intercessor. You need an advocate. Man, anybody ever get in trouble and have to call a lawyer? Uh, amen, somebody. So you got to get that lawyer to come in and mediate this thing before the judge. Because that judge is going to pass sentence on you one day. And you might not be able to deal with that sentence. So he sends the mediator. He comes in and he intercedes for you. But he doesn't just plead your case. He takes your punishment on for you. Judge says, all you deserve, Jeff, is a rope around your neck. And can you imagine the lawyer standing up and said, Your Honor, I'll take it. I'll do it. Hang me up high and let him go. But here's the thing. When you hang me up high, he goes free. How can we walk around in our splendid ignorance, thinking we so much better than the rest of the world? When we understand what Jesus has done through us, by, for us rather, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he didn't have to do it. This is what should keep us humble. This is what should inspire us to go out here into the world and want to preach the gospel to a dying world because you understand, you and I, what God has done for each and every one of us. And there's some folk out there that don't know. There's some folk out there still living in sin. There's some folk out there still stumbling in sin. There's some folk out there who are swallowed up in sin. And they need to know that there's a mediator out there. See, the power's not in my hands. The power's in God's hand. But I got to, we got, we, God needs some, folk. God needs some salesmen. Amen. Amen, somebody. I was preaching about this last week. Yeah, some of us hate to get a new car. Because we know we got to go to that line and talk to that salesman. And you know how they are. They ain't going to let you go until they get you behind the wheel of that car. And not the car you want, the car he want to sell you. Amen, somebody. He don't take you out on the lot. He take you on the showroom floor. Don't you want this one? Get on in that car. Man, smell that leather. Man, look at, this, the, 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 look at the interior. Check out all the gadgets. And here's the sunroof. And, and look at them tires. Man, look at those wheels. And you know what? Before you know it, you're looking at that thing, and you're in the office. Signing papers. And he counting money. Amen. He one got he got another one. Man, we need some salesmen like that for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know my Jesus? Have you looked at his word? Do you understand what he does, what he has done for me, what he continues to do? I am justified by faith. And I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is anybody out there? who understands that, that's ready to tell somebody about that. Amen. Now let's look at this peace with God. This peace that Paul is speaking of here in Romans 5 and 1. See, it's not a feeling. Uh, it's not just an emotional response. What Paul is referring to here is our new standing, our new position, our new relationship with God. 
We have been reconciled to God through the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, now look with me in verses 8 through 11. We're still in Romans chapter 5. Look at this. But God commendeth, or rather demonstrates, his love toward us in that while we were what? Yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's John 3.16, in case you're wondering. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath, from the wrath of God, through him. This ought to keep us humble, y'all. He says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And see, it's not what we have done. It's what Jesus has done. See, that's the thing that I'm just trying to drive home this morning. It's not about us. It's, it's not about the, 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 what we've done and who we are and where we've been and what we got. It's about what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Look at this verse number 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Amen, somebody. We need to understand that this peace we now enjoy as children of God was accomplished only through Christ's suffering on Calvary. Christ was the atonement, the propitiation to reconcile us before God. And, and this word reconcile, this word reconcile means the effect of our change of attitude in understanding the grace of God through the saving power of Jesus Christ, his son. God reconciles us to him. And when we, rec we, when we acknowledge Jesus Christ and submit ourselves in obedience to his will, this is what he does. Go with me, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 19. Paul reveals to us there are new standing in the presence of God through Jesus Christ. You, you know what? Now, I, I, I'm, I'm old school. I'm old school. My wife and I were talking to a young couple the other day. And uh, they were telling us how they met and all that. I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old school. Uh, I'm, I'm back in the time when uh, if I wanted to take out your daughter, I had to come to your house first. I'm talking another language now. The young folks don't understand that. I had to come to your house first and not just to pick you up. I had to come and meet your mama and meet your daddy. And they would look you over, ask you some questions. Uh, who's your mama? Uh, who's your daddy? Uh, ain't you, ain't you, ain't you Jimmy's boy? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Sarah's your mother, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You got a brother, uh, Brock, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You go. And and and, and Jimmy works where? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Well, you know my daughter. She's a nice Christian girl. And see that door right there? You getting ready to walk out of with her? That door closes, and when it closes, 
it get locked from this side of the door. Now, 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 now that, that, that happens oh, about 11 o'clock. So, so here's what I need you to do, young man. See, she needs to be on this side of the door. Uh, amen, somebody. Uh, uh, by 10:59. Uh, because at 1101, if she on the other side of the door, see, I'm going to be on the other side of the door looking for her and you. And I'm coming to Jimmy's house to find you. Uh, amen, somebody. See, see, you, you, see you, had to, you had to get cleared. You had to get clearance before you could take his daughter. You had to get clearance. And if you didn't get clearance, forget about it. A friend of mine told me, young man came to uh, uh, meet his daughter. He said, Jeff, I was thinking old school. Man, it was so wonderful. He said he was coming over uh, uh, to meet my, my daughter. And the boy showed up. And Jeff, it was, it was, it was dark outside. And he, and he had shades on. It wasn't sunny. It was dark outside. He got shades on and his pants down to the floor. He knocked on the door and, and smiled. Yeah, man, I didn't smile back. I turned him around, grabbed him here, grabbed him by his pants way down here, and tossed him right on out the door <laughs> and slammed the door behind him. I don't care what you came for. You've been rejected. Amen, somebody. See, see, that's what God does. See, Jesus grants us entry. To God. Is that simple enough for you? See, he, he takes you and cleans you up and, 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 and takes, on, takes your dirt onto himself so that he can present you without spot before God. Is that all right? Uh, does that make sense now? See, that's, what, that's why we need to appreciate this justification. Amen, somebody. Look what it says. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 through 17 through 19, I didn't lose my place. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit or witness that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them or unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now in verse 2 of Romans 5, he says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Okay. Now, this is the result of our justification by faith, that we now have access to God through Jesus, our advocate. Now, over there in 1 John 2, 1 John 2, 1 and 2, John reminds us there, of this advocacy. Look at this. He says, 1 John 2, 1 and 2, he says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. See, do you, you see? 
this advocacy here, we need to understand how important this is. See, this is the counselor. This is the intercessor. This is the heavenly helper of the helpless and the hopeless. And yes, the prayerful and the faithful. We need to understand why we need Jesus. Amen, somebody? He is standing there in place of you. All you deserve is death. He don't deserve death, but he's going to die for you, for the death that you deserve. Some time ago, my wife was hospitalized, laying in a hospital bed. But because of her background, when she speaks to the doctors, she can articulate how she's feeling. She can discuss her condition with them and understand what they're saying. When she talks to the nurses, she can say when she's hurting and, and she can remind them when it's time for medicine. And when something's wrong, she can make them understand. Amen, somebody. And, and get them to work things right. Y'all remember that movie, you know, what was it? Terms of Endearment, uh, when the girl comes in there and it's time for the girl's medicine and the mother starts yelling at the nurses. All she has to do is wait until, until 8.30, give it a shot. Give it, give it a shot! That girl needed an advocate. But, but, but because of Lisa's background, that's what she was able to do. So, so and it was, this was part of her profession. This was what she used to do for some of her clients. And I asked her one day while we were in the hospital, what about all the other people in the hospital? What about the ones with no voice to speak, with no power or even authority to speak for themselves? What about the ones with no money? What about the ones with no family, no support, no insurance? Who advocates for them? Who speaks for them? Who arbitrates for them? And this is just one hospital in one city, in one state, out of thousands of others elsewhere. Who's speaking for those who are languishing even now in those hospital beds? They need an advocate. And guess what? There's a world out there that needs to know that there's an advocate for the sin that they're in. And if you've been justified by faith and you now have peace with God, you know of the advocate, now you need to tell some other folk that they need an advocate as well. Those of us in the body of Christ who've been justified by faith, who've been reconciled to God, need to remember that we have an advocate. The only one who can speak for us, the only one who could save us, the only one who could buy us back and redeem us back to God the Father. Paul reminds us of this again in Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. He tells us there in Ephesians 3 that to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith in him. When the manifold wisdom of God this manifold wisdom was there in the beginning of eternity. This is why we can rejoice. This is why we can have that peace with God. This is why we can't have our chest stuck out thinking we done done something special. Mm -hmm. God has done it all 
through Jesus Christ. We have access by faith, and it is on this faith, this belief, that we can stand. Man, the world may falter and be swayed by every wind of doctrine, and men's minds can change with the seasons or with the passage of time, but remember the words of Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Are we standing up on the word of God? Are we standing by the word of God? Are we standing up for the word of God? Are we speaking the truth in love? Are we carrying this truth? to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors. I was teaching a class the other day, and someone asked in reference to all the religious division in the world, well, Brother Vio, why, why can't everybody just be right? God knows our hearts. But you see, the world doesn't work like that. See, we live in a world of duality. If something's right, then something else got to be wrong. Amen? Amen? If something is correct, then something else must be incorrect. If something is true, then something else is false. And no one, no one, no one wants to be wrong, incorrect, or false. And so we make allowances. That's what we do. We make compromises. That's what we do. We strike a deal. Or if we fail to do that, we'll water down the truth and say what is real and what is false. See, if I can convince you that this is not the word of God, then you can rely on yourself. Now you got that S or that C on your chest and that flowing red cape and now it's all about you. But that's not true. It's just not true. And it doesn't matter how much the world wants to rail against the truth. The truth is what it is. And you know what? If you really take a good look at the world today, I don't see any kind of coming together. I see more and more Amen. and more and more confusion. And, and the compromise that's going on is, well, I can't convince you that this is right. So I'm going to let you live your life. You, can, you ain't got to marry that man. Go on and live with him. You don't like your gender? Go on and change it. You don't want to be a man no more? It's fine with me. You don't want to be a girl no more? It's fine with me. Just go on, and, go on and change it because, see, this right here is just a book full of fairy tales, no truth to the matter. See, if you keep feeding this in people's mind or just the opposite, don't feed it in people's mind. We'll take prayer out of school. Can't say nothing about God in church or nowhere in the school system. See, we allow the world to dictate God's word. When we need to be taking God's word and dictating it to the world. 
Amen, somebody. See, we, we need to be telling some folk what is true. See, we, we, what if every religious tenet that exists in our world today was presumed to be true? Then what's false? What is Paul talking about here in Romans 5 if that's true? Why do we need, if it's true, or if everything is right, why do we need justification? If everyone is right, why do we need reconciliation? If everyone is right, what is Jesus talking about in Matthew 7 when he talks about false prophets and two ways of life and, 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 and by your fruits? What is he talking about? What is false doctrine if everyone is right? Who are the false prophets if everyone is right? If everyone is right, what are we standing for today? What are we standing by today? We got too many folk that want to debate what this says and don't want to do it. See, the strongest debaters are the folk who don't want to do it. You know, remember how when you got older? See, when you was a child, in mama and daddy's house, whatever they said, you did it. Right. Am I right about it? Right. Now, I don't know how it was in your house. Maybe I just need to talk about my house. <laughs> in my house, there was one Lord. Amen. There was one ruler. My daddy said, when you get to the age where you want to be have as much authority as me, there's the door. Right. Amen, somebody. And so, and so when I got to that stage in, in, in my adolescence, when I started to get some teens behind my numbers, when I went from uh, uh, 12 to 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. See, I thought I was somebody. I thought I'd arrive. And now everything with the parents became a debate. And the word that I never spoke when I was a little child was the word that was on my lips at every opportunity when my parents tried to talk to me. Why? Why? Why do I have to come in at this time? Why do I have to clean my room? Why do I have to do chores? Why, why can't I get allowance? Why can't I do what I want? Why can't I say what I want? Why can't I think what I want? Why can't I be what I want? And here's those words. Because I said so. This is what the world has done today. We have decided that it's all right. And we start asking questions. See, we want to debate our parents rather than just do what they say. Why don't we just, well, listen, you know what? If you just work on doing what it says, you won't spend so much time debating it. Because you'll be too busy doing it. Instead of trying, talking about how to dig the hole, you just go on and dig it. Give me the shovel and start digging. Now, you got the debater saying, no, no, that's, that's the wrong kind of shovel. And see, the, the appropriate hole uh, uh, needs to, you need to start here. And, and over here where the soil is soft. And, and then you only need, you need, you need to handle the shovel in a certain way. It, it, it must be a certain angle. And that's really the wrong kind of shovel. And then the hole that you dig, I, I know the circumference of it and the depth of it and the width of it. And then we have to measure that. So we need a measuring stick. So everything is examined. 
And the meanwhile, while he busy talking and examining, the man got the hole halfway dug. See, when you just do what God says, see, he take care of all the rest. That man's still sitting there talking about the hole and you don't already dug it. Well, guess what? We're talking about salvation, but Jesus has already done it. He's already redeemed us. And now all we got to do is do what he says. That's all we got to do. But what we want to do now is, see, that's not enough for us. Now that we're in Christ, now we want to debate it. Well, does he really mean that when he said, man, come on now. That's another sermon. I ain't going to go there. We are justified by faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ because we have obeyed from the heart that form of gospel that was delivered unto men. We have access, Paul says, by faith into this grace wherein ye stand and rejoice in the glory of God. To be justified by faith is to rejoice in the hope that our lives have been changed, that our minds and our attitudes have been changed, that we can manifest this faith amidst our trials and tribulations because we have peace with God and access to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews 3 and 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Do you have that confidence today? Do you have that justification today? Do you have that peace today? Or are we questioning it? Are we letting the world just shake us up so bad that now we lose hope? You know what? This world can end tomorrow. But we got hope for today. People can do what they want. But I have hope for today. People can say what they want. But I have hope for today. People can call me out, call me foolish for believing what I believe. But I have hope for today. What do you have? What do you need? It's available to you. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says that that's available. We have access. All you need to do now is take the opportunity. Where are you today? Really? Really? Where are you today? I'm touching, I'm talking to saved and unsaved. Really, where are you today? How's your head today? Where are you? Do you believe that Jesus came into this world, died on the cross for you to bring you back from a world of sin into eternal life with him. Do you believe that? And if you believe it, are you trusting in it? I know I don't have a job. I know I might not have a roof over my head. I know I might not have all the things that I need or even all the things that I want. 
but I do have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is priceless. I have new life because he took my old life and he took it upon himself on the cross of Calvary. And if you're here and you've not yet surrendered to that knowledge and that understanding, why don't you do it today? Hearing God's word, believing it with all your heart, repenting of your sins because you know you're not right with God. Come and confess him as Lord. Have your sins washed away in the watery grave of baptism, and then you can leave here a new creature in Jesus Christ. You can have the confidence that only Christ can give you. But each and every day, you need to acknowledge him for what he's done. Who knows if the next time you lay your head down on that pillow, if the last word on your lips is something negative, something derogatory, something faithless, we ought to rest in the peace of knowing who God is. I'd like to think that Sister Coleman, when he let, she laid her head down on the pillow last night, regardless of whatever she was going through, <clears throat> she had peace Amen. with Amen. God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you're here, and if you haven't surrendered to Jesus, it's available to you right now. Why don't you do it today? Why don't you do it right now as we together stand and sing the hymn of invitation? Have you been to Jesus for the plan?